2: Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org.
3: Good morning. It's 8.30. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, new additions to the Wall of Honor this Veterans Day. Then, wrapping up the series of working groups examining how state agencies spend money. Later, using the arts to heal wartime trauma. And unveiling a new memorial honoring victims and survivors of the Holocaust.
0: This is a series of pieces of glass, glass artwork handmade that really is a beautiful tribute to the memory of the people who passed during the Holocaust. And I think it's appropriate to have this kind of memorial at this time because we're moving into a new era of remembering the Holocaust.
3: That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This Veterans Day, the Sunny Montgomery VA Medical Center in Jackson is inducting four new members to its Wall of Honor. The ceremony marking the induction was held yesterday at the medical center. MPB's Desiree Frazier was there and spoke with Rodney Duke, who was held captive and tortured by North Korea for 11 months. He says love was at the center of his military service.
4: Well, I love my country. You know, I love you talking to you. I don't even know you. But I want you to have the freedom to do what you want to do. You know, they don't have that in every country. We do in America. And I want to make sure my grandchildren, your children, your grandchildren, have the same thing I have. I would do it again.
5: You became a minister when you came back. Yes. How did you use your veterans' experience in your new occupation?
4: Well... I did not have to use that because a minister, in my opinion, speaks what God puts on his heart. And and that's what I do. That's what I did today. I don't have notes or anything. I just say what God wants me to say. Uh, and uh, it, God blesses me in that. Although I do try to reach people with this and say and it's never too late. You know, there were three people on the cross next to jesus when he was crucified one said remember me at death one said remember me jesus said today you will be living in paradise and that's the way i look at life that i was that one on the cross and he saved me so so sometimes i do bring that in because he gave me that experience to i think prepare me for the ministry
5: what did you want to get across to people today
4: respect your country love one another. Uh, We are all in this together. It's not you against me. It's us against those that want to destroy us outside of the United States. So my prayer, my hope is that through the weeks and the years ahead, we will become one nation.
5: We're not that right now.
4: I don't feel that, no, do you? I'm very disappointed, but still, people believe different ways in doing things. I believe it's, it's God's way, you know, not human way.
3: MPB's Desiree Frazier with Armed Services Veteran and former POW Rodney Duke. Up next, wrapping up the series of working groups examining how state agencies spend money. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
6: Mm-hmm. I'm Peter O'Dowd. For retired Army Colonel Karen Lloyd, collecting oral histories for the Library of Congress is personal. Her husband was a Silver Star Vietnam vet.
5: I didn't get his story before he passed away last summer. And I must tell you that those lost voices, no one knows that better than I do from a firsthand perspective.
6: Next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio.
3: From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio.
2: There's a lot to be discovered about Mississippi. Like the little-known places you can visit on a Mississippi road trip. Or where to find a local brewery for a unique experience. Every Friday
3: morning at 10, we take you on an hour-long journey through Mississippi. It's music, cuisine, culture,
5: and history. And you never know where our next stop will be. I'm Mary Margaret Miller. And I'm Sharia Brent. Be sure to join us Friday mornings at 10 for Next Stop Mississippi on MPB
2: Think Radio.
3: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The legislative working groups examining state spending have finished their initial work. The final meeting took place at the Capitol yesterday. Lawmakers examined the spending habits of some of the state's largest agencies, including the Departments of Transportation, Health and Education. MPB's Paul Boger spoke with Republican Speaker of the House Philip Gunn. He says lawmakers will use the information to cut ex- excessive spending across state government.
7: Well, I think the whole purpose of the meetings has been to examine expenditures. We've tried to to look at uh, just exactly how our dollars are spent, evaluate the mission of the agency, is the agency spending dollars on on what their mission is, and just try to make sure that our dollars are spent very effectively, efficiently, and is actually accomplishing the mission that the government intends for it to. It's just uh, obviously taken quite a quite a bit of time to do that, but we have spent uh, four weeks now, or at least four different hearings, uh, two days a week, looking in very in-depth uh, manner at the way these dollars are spent. We have examined travel, we have examined personnel, we have examined purchasing, we examined the, the mission of the agencies, So we've just tried to take a very hard look at how those dollars are spent and, and try to make sure that we're squeezing the efficiency out of every dollar that we can. As I said, we've examined a lot of different areas, and that has uncovered a lot of things that many people did not even know, not just legislators but the general public as well. There are some individual things that each agency has presented, and we're going to take time to look at those and and see if uh, we agree with those expenditures or not.
1: What's the next step in the process?
7: Well, we're just taking the information that's been provided, and we're going to start the slow process of evaluating it. It's been very in-depth. I think that's one of the benefits of doing it this way is we had a very exhaustive and in-depth look at expenditures. Uh, as we've said, much greater than what we would normally get at an elbow hearing. And we're just going to start the process of trying to wade through that. It is a massive undertaking, but uh, hopefully over time we can we can get to there, get to the goal that we've set for ourselves.
3: MPB's Paul Boger with State Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn. Democratic leaders have been critical of the working groups. They say legislative leaders have not done enough to ensure that all voices are heard. Paul Boger spoke with State Representative David Beria of Bay St. Louis. He has not been impressed with the process.
2: Well, I don't really have much of an appreciation for what they gathered during the process, other than it seemed that like they brought in groups that could be fairly labeled uh, conservative foundations and think tanks that would essentially underscore uh, their existing beliefs about uh, the best tax policy. So I'm not sure there was what I would call a, a fair hearing of what would be the best tax policy for a state like Mississippi.
1: Going forward and looking at the state spending Uh, more specifically, Republicans have characterized this as a way to find inefficiencies in the system. Do you think that this has been a a, a transparent or proper process to find those possible transparencies?
2: Again, I can't speak uh, to the process because the speaker didn't see fit to put me on any of the working groups. Um, I'm appreciative of the fact that they did did have a process and they did allow uh, the public to know when the meetings were held, largely anyway. Uh, and I don't think the public had any input, but they were allowed to know what was going on. So, you know, we have to do that. We're required to hold open meetings, and I'm glad that they did that. In terms of trying to find uh, ways to cut expenses and ways to be more efficient, everybody should be for that. But let's keep in mind who's been in charge and who's uh, who's had the reins of state government now. Uh, you know, in the governor's mansion for 22 years, I believe, and in legislative leadership now for uh, at least – uh, five years, uh, going on six. And so if, if they're doing things inefficiently, I would have hoped that they would have figured it out before now. Um, having said all of that, though, we always need to be looking at the way we spend taxpayer money. It's just good uh, business practice. And, uh, you know, I would hope that we would look at some of the salaries that we pay administrative folks, for instance, around the Capitol or in the governor's mansion, because there are some very large salaries being paid at this point to to those folks who are in charge and the people who work with them. Um, I I do think that the public is getting a pretty good bang for its buck out of our agencies and what our agencies do for us, the services they provide for us, for instance, the Departments of Mental Health and the Department of Health. And, uh, you know, we need to figure out a way to find some money that we could use to spend on roads and bridges because I think that's a critical need. So I hope that they find some funds available so that we can do these things that are important in the daily lives of Mississippians.
3: MPB's Paul Boger with Democratic State Representative David Barria of Bay St. Louis. Up next, using the arts to heal wartime trauma. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio.
5: MPB Radio's local programs are available now as podcasts. Sure, you love your MPB mobile app. It streams your favorite program anytime you like. But when streaming's not the thing, say in flight or driving on the Natchez Trace, download your favorite podcast and you've got it in your pocket. Available on iTunes or on any podcast app. Grab your local MPB podcast now.
6: I'm Peter O'Dowd. For retired Army Colonel Karen Lloyd, collecting oral histories for the Library of Congress is personal. Her husband was a Silver Star Vietnam vet.
5: I didn't get his story before he passed away last summer. And I must tell you that those lost voices, no one knows that better than I do from a first hand perspective.
6: Next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio.
3: Today, Veterans Day, Americans are joining together to honor the sacrifices made by those who have served in our armed forces. But according to the Wounded Warriors Project, around 400,000 American service veterans are reminded of that sacrifice every day as they struggle with post-traumatic stress disorder. The road to recovery can be long and hard, but as MPB's Ezra Wall reports, many are making progress through the healing power of the arts.
1: The sounds of the musical Rent fill Mara Hall in downtown Jackson. Like the subjects of the play, today's performers are artists who rely on each other and on the very artistic experience to overcome difficulties in their lives. They're performing the song from the popular 90s musical as part of the National Veterans Creative Arts Festival, Liz Mackey is the festival director.
5: A lot of disabilities and challenges are not necessarily seen. So we have a lot of veterans who use the arts to um, express their experience in the military, a traumatic experience, a combat-related experience. And through art, they're able to create something, whether it's a song or a poem, a story, or an art piece that reflects what they've experienced and how they're doing now at handling it.
1: Veterans from all over the country are here for the Creative Arts Festival. They're each already winners, having won gold medals in regional competitions at VAs across the nation. Another thing each singer, painter, writer, dancer, and sculptor shares in common is their participation in their local VA's arts therapy program. Jack Wimmer of Richmond, Minnesota, served in the Army during Vietnam. The wood mosaic artist says many vets from his era buried their invisible mental wounds in the everyday activities of work and family.
4: When I got back, you know, it was not a popular war. I just took off my uniform, got on with my life. It was not until after I retired that I wasn't keeping my mind busy. You sit around, you start thinking of things, and... Uh, My wife had me go to the VA, and and, uh, they did a wonderful job. But you can't just rely on the VA. You have to do something. You have to help yourself, I guess.
1: Another Vietnam vet, Willie Weaver Bay, faced a different fate. After Vietnam, he found himself on the wrong side of the law.
8: I'm totally self-taught. I started painting in 1992, and I was incarcerated at the time. Uh, I did over 26 years in the federal prison system. And this is where I learned how to paint.
1: After prison, Bay lived in his van on the streets of Milwaukee. Through his local VA, he used his painting to help see his life in a different light.
8: Suffering from PTSD and uh, not realizing that I had it for years and years. uh, The art is what saved me, uh, basically saved my life. And uh, that's where I find my solace, when I have issues or problems that that are hard to deal with. I, I resort to painting.
1: Liz Mackey was a music therapist with the VA before becoming director of the Creative Arts Festival in 1995. She says arts therapy can help veterans find creative ways to work through their experiences.
5: It could be something related to, um, again, a combat experience that they've endured, witnessing something uh, terrible on on the battlefield and then coming back and having repercussions like nightmares flashbacks anxiety depression and it's um a very difficult place to be as we all can understand
1: john ortiz works at the va in kerville texas he's an assistant in the recreational therapy program there we got a
8: drum circle that we started i started a karaoke group so getting some guys singing that haven't been even talking but now you know, to watch someone that is nonverbal in in his majority of his day, doesn't really speak. To watch him to come to my karaoke group and then open up and, and sing an entire song.
1: Ortiz says he found arts therapy through his own post-military struggles.
8: It's not as bad as some guys have it. I just got tired of working, being a, an adult, I guess. So I just sort of quit, moved in my car for a little while in, uh, in Vegas. The music therapy really got me going again.
1: No matter what difficulties veterans may face after their time in the service ends, everyone here agrees on the first step. Again, John Ortiz.
8: Getting involved really, really helps because it, it gives you an outlet for those thoughts and expressions. And not just an outlet, a safe outlet, because you're not going to be uh, judged by the fellow veterans or the therapist. It, it makes a big difference.
1: Festival Director Liz Mackey says getting involved starts with reaching out to a local VA or online at va.gov. Ezra Wall, MPB News.
3: Next, unveiling a new memorial honoring victims and survivors of the Holocaust. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
1: It's high school football time, and that means it's time for Friday night under the lights. Hello, everyone. I'm Russ Robinson. Join me, Jay White, Jake Wimberly, George Broadstreet, and the whole gang as we bring you all the scores and the stories that make up high school football across the state of Mississippi. So join us tonight at 10 o'clock right here on MPB Think Radio.
2: Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org.
6: I'm Peter O'Dowd. For retired Army Colonel Karen Lloyd, collecting oral histories for the Library of Congress is personal. Her husband was a Silver Star Vietnam vet.
5: I didn't get his story before he passed away last summer. And I must tell you that those lost voices, no one knows that better than I do from a firsthand perspective.
6: Next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio.
3: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A different kind of memorial will be unveiled Sunday at Beth Israel Congregation in Jackson. The Holocaust memorial that will be dedicated at the temple blends art, nature, and remembrance. Designed by Pearl River Glass Studio, the series of sculptures commemorates seven separate periods in Jewish Holocaust history. We spoke with Rabbi Jeffrey Kirchlinder about the memorial. He says it is unlike any other Holocaust memorial he has seen.
0: I moved here from Florida in July and this project was well underway to completion by the time I arrived. And when I heard that we were having a Holocaust memorial uh, garden being set up here, I really didn't know what to expect, but I had images of Holocaust memorials that I've seen in other places. And, And so this is a piece, this is a series of pieces of glass, glass artwork, handmade, uh, that that really is, is, is a beautiful tribute to the memory of the people who passed during the Holocaust. And I think it's appropriate to have this kind of memorial at this time because we're moving into a new era of remembering the Holocaust. We're moving into an era where very few of the survivors of the Holocaust are still here we're looking at the last few holocaust survivors who who are still alive and many of those aren't able to travel anymore so so within another 10 years, maybe 20, there won't be any survivors left. So moving into remembering the Holocaust is moving into a new direction. And I think we're at a point in time where we can honor the memory of those who have passed, uh, not only with memorials, but with memorials that can truly be beautiful and inspire both a sense of reverence, a sense of memory and a sense of hope. So, this is what they would see a series of pieces of glass art. These are
3: abstract pieces
0: abstract pieces uh that are are really set that are set up in a, a semicircle that are outside it 's an outside garden and and the the each piece of art is tall it 's much taller than a person um, i'm guessing maybe around ten feet or so i haven 't actually measured it myself but but I know when standing there, you look at it in awe and it 's large enough to inspire awe, but yet not so overwhelming that it could be a place where you can have ceremonies as well.
3: What kind of feelings do you have looking at these pieces?
0: When I look at it, I, I really see a sense of a beautiful way to remember the Holocaust. And, and that is something unique. I mean, I've seen lots of Holocaust memorials, Holocaust museums. I've seen those that are dark, those that are gloomy, uh, still reverent, uh, but but really some that are solemn. And this one seems both solemn but also inspiring as well. My father, I considered him to be a survivor of the Holocaust, technically a survivor is someone who went through the camps, and he himself did not spend any time in the camps. He got out of Austria at the age of 10, but his father did not get out. His father was arrested and died in Buchenwald, so when... Uh, he and his mother, My uh, when my father and my grandmother came to New York in 1939, at that point, they didn't know if they were going to see him again. And a few years later, they had heard that he had died in the camp. And my father never really recovered from that trauma of the Holocaust. Uh, he uh, suffered bouts of depression his entire life, and the fact that he lost his father, that that really resonated with him uh, throughout and kind of defined who he was for his entire life. And, and some survivors, some people who've gone through the Holocaust maintained a sense of hope uh, or re- resumed a sense of hope and of success and of pride and, and, And my father was one of those people who I believe uh, remained broken by the Holocaust. And so I saw firsthand what the Holocaust meant to people. Uh, what it meant to my father. And so when I see this memorial, this is really truly a beautiful memorial that is really, I think, it can be transformative in the way we start to look at memorials in a way they can bring both a sense of awe and a sense of beauty into remembering the Holocaust. And plus,
3: a garden, you get the sense of serenity, peacefulness. Is there within this exhibit a place to have privacy? So you really I believe that reflect? you can
0: come uh, as an individual and have have a sense of privacy. But it's also set up in a way that we, we can bring the community out and do like a service at that ceremony as well. It, it, it both can inspire a sense of memory, but also uh, be a sense of inspiration as well, uh, the way it's created that it, it could be used for for other spiritual purposes, remembering the Holocaust, but not exclusively related to the Holocaust.
3: Tell us about the dedication on Sunday.
0: We're going to have uh, uh, a series of readings, a series of prayers, a series of music uh, that's going to be, uh, once again, it's it's going to be an inspirational service. Not a lot of talking, but there's going to be a lot of prayer and a lot of music.
3: The Beth Israel Congregation will dedicate the Gus Waterman Herman Holocaust Memorial Garden this Sunday at 4 in Jackson. We've been speaking with Rabbi Jeffrey Kurtz Lindner. Thank you so much. Thank you. Coming up after Mississippi edition, it's Gestalt Gardner, Next Stop Mississippi, and Southern Remedy. And if you want to catch the show outside the broadcast, just search for Mississippi edition in your favorite podcasting app and listen whenever you like. I'm Karen Brown. Have a great weekend and then join us again Monday morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio.